and welcome back to Parked Car Convos. I am Maddie Mitchell. I am your host today and always because at the end of the day, this really is my podcast. Uh, I hope you guys are having a fabulous Monday or whatever day you're listening to this. I'm excited because I'm introducing two new fun little segments here on Parked Car Convos. First up, okay, is called Pass the Ox because in case you forgot, this podcast is weirdly... uh, vehicle themed in a in a way that feels incredibly off-brand so I'm trying to kind of like reclaim that and make it more on-brand do you know what I mean and so one thing that you tend to do when you are in the car with your friends like we are right now just kind of vibing and having a great time is you might say to your friend hey pass the ox so I can crank some tunes if you will and so I wanted to start doing a segment called pass the ox where I tell you guys what song I'm listening to most that week is that interesting at all? Oh my God, thank you so much for saying so. I'm actually not open to alternative feedback at this point in time. So I really appreciate you having a very positive and overwhelmingly glowing response. That's really, <laughs> that really makes my day. Uh, this week's Pass the Ox song is Hits Different by Taylor Swift. I have a feeling, if I'm speaking my truth, I have a, I have a very strong hunch that uh, Taylor will be a big proprietor of this Pass the Ox playlist because I, she's basically been all I've been listening to for the last month. I did go to the Eras tour. I don't, I never talked about that on here because um, as previously mentioned, I did go on a five month long unannounced hiatus. I, I did go to the Eras tour in Foxborough, Massachusetts. I went to night two, which if anyone is at all familiar, uh, that was the rain show or to quote Taylor, the rainiest rain show that ever rain showed. And it was, it was the craziest experience of my life. I also was just blown away by the fact that I was able to get tickets because I did in fact fight the hard war of the Ticketmaster, the battle of the Ticketmaster, if you will. And I lost, I, I came to a brutal loss in that battle and I hated every second of it. And then I went through this phase where whenever I would see people talk about getting tickets, or, you know, trying to buy tickets off of someone else, I would just like shut down. Like I couldn't even fathom thinking about that topic at that point in time. So, but in my mind, I was like, I'm going, obviously I'm going to the Eras tour. Like that, there's not a doubt in my mind. Like I'll be home for that, which was perfect. I knew I was going to be in the area. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I'm going 100% I'm going. And I can't wait and I'm really looking forward to it. And I was planning, you know, what era I was going to dress up as. But I'd never, never in a million years did I think, did I think about the logistics of it? You know what I mean? Like I just knew it was going to happen and it did. So this is your reminder that being delusional always pays off. It's actually never not paid off for me. Okay. Being delusional is a good thing. And so what happened was like a week and a half before the show, I got a text from Ticketmaster and it was the most random text. I thought it was like a scam, but I clicked the link anyways, because one thing about me, I don't care if it's a scam. I'm going to click the link. That's not true. Always. I'm pretty good at using my deductive reasoning, but anyways, I clicked the link and it was literally the easiest process ever. And within like three minutes, I had Taylor Swift tickets and it was crazy. And, uh, then I went, I took my mom and it was, genuinely just the best experience of my entire life she just is such a performer and it was like the craziest show ever and it was so just everything was so worth it but it did rain and when I say rain it poured buckets like it was it was it was I've never I've never experienced I think I've gone into showers and come out less wet than I I did at this show um 
best experience ever. And all that to say that I've been listening to Taylor on repeat because all the songs now kind of like have a different meaning and they just feel so much like, you know, it's like a personal connection now. So the song that I've been listening to most is Hits Different, which is one of Taylor's newest releases on like the Midnight's extended track version deluxe edition I don't even know she's released so many so many songs for this one album but uh hits different is so good and it's just kind of like a fun little poppy vibe that I I've been into recently I think also because it's like summer so it's a good song to listen to with the windows down as you're cruising to the beach or to the grocery store or literally wherever you go, that's none of my business. So I would really recommend listening to Hits Different by Taylor Swift, even if you, um, if you haven't, I mean, because I, I'm sure that you have and you, you probably love it as much as I do because we're so similar in that way. Anyways, moving on to the second segment, which is going to be called the valleys and the peaks. And we're going to be talking about the best thing that happened this week, AKA the peak and the worst thing that happened this week, AKA the valley um this again road trip themed in case you didn't pick up on that I just am like really proud of the way that I was able to kind of finagle this vehicle theme to work in my favor so I would love I would love some praise on that um honestly as always but anyways let's get into it so the worst thing that happened to me this week this is great because I've actually given no thought to this question um so this is this is going to be a doozy. The, uh, the worst thing. Okay. Okay. So also this is going to, this episode is coming out like a week later. So this is kind of irrelevant now that I think about it and I'm not loving that, but let's face it. I'm not consistent enough that this will constantly be a week before it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. The peak of my week, I'll start there was today is the day that I released the episode, my comeback episode, if you will, don't call it a comeback, but I just did. Um, I released that episode today and that made me really excited and I just felt like, okay, this is good. (laughs) This is good. This is a progress. I was able to not only record the episode, but upload it without um, deciding I hated it so much. So with like such a visceral hate. So that's good. I think that's, that's forward progress. I'm also just, I've been in a really good positive, not so even the optimistic I've been feeling optimistic and this is kind of like a high that I've been riding for the last month and uh, God help us all if it dies out. You know what I mean? Uh, At the end of the day, though, we do we have had a peak. I mean, a valley. Jesus. For some reason, to me, those should be reversed, but that's that doesn't make any sense. Okay, my valley has been that the last couple days have been very, very cold and rainy here in Massachusetts. It was like beautiful on Thursday and Friday, 90 degree weather sun was a blazing. It was kind of nice because it also wasn't that humid out, which is a very foreign concept for like a Massachusetts summer. Uh, So I was kind of really loving that. And on Friday, I went to the beach with my friend. It was like perfect beach weather. And then on Saturday and Sunday, and today is Monday, it's just been rainy and really, really cold and gross. And which is fine, actually. Like I, I actually do like when the weather is like this because it doesn't make me feel as bad about being inside and like just kind of uh like being how do I put this a lump a little bit like I I enjoy being able to embrace my lumpdom without that doesn't sound right without you know feeling guilty about it so that's kind of like a nice thing but I like a day of that and then it's like okay now we can move on and it's just been like a little bit a little bit too much especially 
in the summer, it's like, okay, what's the point of this? You know what I mean? I expect this in the winter, fall, and spring in Massachusetts, but come on. Come on. Can we have some sunshine? That would be great. Uh, so yeah, that's been my peak in my valley. Pretty uneventful because, uh, well, to put it frankly, my life is uneventful if we're being so honest with ourselves. Anyways, now we can jump into the topic of today's episode, which is, of course, you read the title, so you know niche anxieties that I have. Now, this was super fun. I made a TikTok video about this weeks ago, and a lot of people were chiming in, and I did realize very quickly that these are actually not at all niche anxieties, and that many, many people feel the exact same way I do, which to me was very reassuring in a weird way, because these are things that I fully convinced myself I am the only person that thinks like this, and that's very isolating and scary and sad, but to think that so many other people think this... It's also like, wow, what is the world? A little bit. You know what I'm saying? If you don't know what I'm talking about or what what exactly a niche anxiety would be, first of all, you should follow me on TikTok at mad underscore Mitch. It's always linked in the show notes because that's where I've said it before, but I'm always posting on there with too much. So I'm overstaying my welcome on TikTok constantly. So that would definitely be the place to be if you wanted to keep up with what I'm doing. If not, I literally totally understand and that's totally fine. But um, a niche anxiety is just like a super, super specific anxiety that I have that riddles me with fear. And we'll kind of get into it and I'm sure you'll get the hang of it very, very quickly because, well, because it's, it's pretty obvious once we dive in. So let's start, let's start at the top. Okay. <laughs> now this one, this one is actually, I think, confirmed niche because I did post a a separate TikTok about this one. And some people were like, I don't know. I don't, why do you think that though? And I was like, babe, I am so far from knowing the answer to that question. Okay. So this one is accidentally texting the chief of police. Let me elaborate. I frequently think, okay, so, okay, this is a very specific example. A few weeks ago, before the Taylor Swift concert, actually, I had said to my mom, I'd replied to a text saying, no, she had replied to a text, sorry, saying, oh, Tay, you know, okay, but included Tay. And she thought that was really funny because she was alluding to the fact that we were going to Taylor Swift like the next day. And so I sent her a gif, gif, whatever you want to call it, of Taylor Swift back because I was, you know, also very much in the Taylor Swift spirit. And I was like, okay, let's, let's entertain this one. And so I sent back a gif, gif of Taylor Swift. Now, a couple minutes later, I went to go text my mom something else. And when I clicked on her text messages, the gift gif of Taylor Swift nowhere to be found. And so I thought to myself, okay, so who did I send that to? And I'm sure we've all had this, this alarm bell that goes off in our head when we thought we sent a text. This also happens to me all the time. Separate tangent alert, separate tangent alert. Okay with voice memos, whenever I send a voice memo to someone, you know how they like disappear sometimes? What's up with that? That's like, that is just causing a panic attack for no good reason. I don't love that. Um, like I'll send a voice memo. Yep. (laughs) Words are hard. I will send a voice memo to my friend and like 10 minutes later, I'll be like, oh, she hasn't answered and I'll go click on it and the voice memo isn't there. And then I think to myself, who the fuck did I just send that voice memo to? Because the contents of that voice memo are probably alarming to anyone else. And that is not something I need anyone else to be 
hearing at all ever. Um, so that's always, that's always just scary. But in this case, with the gift gif of Taylor Swift that I sent to my mom, my immediate thought when I saw that I apparently did not send this gift to my mom was, oh my God, did I send that gift gif of Taylor Swift dancing to the chief of police? Okay. Now, the thing about this is the chief of police and I are, the extent of our relationship is uh, non-existent. I do not know the chief of police. I feel like I have to come very, I have to become very clear in this. Me and the chief of police never met. I've never met the chief of police, let alone would I have his phone number, right? His, his cell phone number, his personal cell number, right? As far as I know, the chief of police phone number is 911. And when you really think about it, not, I would have to not only have the chief of police's phone number, but I would have to be texting with the chief of police so regularly that my text thread with the chief of police would be so far up at the top of my messages, like right next to my mom, that I could easily accidentally send the chief of police a gift gif of Taylor Swift. And that is just so outlandish. I have no words for it. So where did this fear originate from? God knows. I have no idea, but it is something I frequently come back to. And I'm like, holy shit. I hope I didn't just send that to the chief, chief of police. And I also think this would make more sense if the content of the text message that I fear I sent to the chief of police was like illegal. Never is. Believe it or not, I'm a very much law abiding citizen. So it's like, I don't know where that, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe in the past, this is something I've kind of conjured up on my own, is in a past life, perhaps, I could have been busted by the chief of police for like a huge crime ring that I was a part of um, because I accidentally, not texted him because that didn't exist. Maybe I accidentally sent a letter to the chief of police admitting something that I thought I was sending to another acquaintance that was part of my my crime organization, if you will. And that's how I got busted. So maybe that's where that fear originates from. And it's just kind of followed me. I kind of regret starting with this one because that seems really insane. And the rest of them are, I don't want to say normal, but they're more normal. So if you're like, bitch, go see a therapist. First of all, I do. Um, Second of all, just wait. Okay. I hope that some of these will be more relatable. Okay. The next one is texting someone happy birthday on a day that is literally not their birthday. So this one is huge for me because every time that it is someone's birthday that I know that I would be wishing them a happy birthday, I will check. I check Facebook, first of all, because also there's so many people obviously in my life besides like my immediate family, because those ones I know, those ones I know for sure. But there's so many people in my life, like there's friends that I've had literally for like 20 years. And for some reason, I still am like, oh, I don't know if that's her birthday, even though I could be talking to my friend the night before and be like, oh, my God, last night of being whatever. I would still wake up in the morning and be like, but what if it's not her birthday? What if it's not? So what I do is I check Facebook because most people have their birthday on Facebook. It's the only thing I use Facebook for. Um, and then I check Snapchat because on Snapchat, it'll have the little birthday cake emoji next to their name on their birthday. And sometimes I even go as far as to wait until someone else has posted for their birthday. So at least at that point, I'm not the only one that mixed up their birthday. So to be clear, the fear is not ever missing their birthday. It's actually to be wishing them a happy birthday, like 
a couple days before because I would never I would it would be so hard for me to miss a birthday because like I would be seeing it places you know what I mean like I could never miss a birthday entirely because other people would be posting for that it would it would come up in the day but I do I do always fear that I'm going to be like a couple days early and because you know you know I'm sorry so sorry for that that's my bad I need to really get my words in line here it's because I have so many thoughts and they just like they just run rampant and I try to get them all out at one time and that's just not how our body is equipped that was okay what was I saying so you ever have those friends and you're like okay I know their birthday's like September 13th right and then in your mind you're like or is it the 15th and you always are getting mixed up like which day is it right and there's that just happens and I just will there's some people's birthday that like I know but at the same time in a much more real sense I will never know their birthday do you know what I'm saying so that's kind of where I fall with that and I just get so stressed out and I check literally a million times that um I have the right day because and here's the other thing most of the people that I would be like texting like a person sending a personal text to about their birthday are like my, or people I'm close with. So even if I was a day early, what are they going to like? They're, they're just gonna be like, Oh, it's in a few days. Yeah. Even just saying that I'm like, yeah, no, I would fully curl up into a ball and probably not show my face in the world again for several years. Does that feel dramatic? Yeah, it does. Okay. Um, the next one on a road trip, I fear that like four miles in, I plugged in the wrong address and I've actually been driving in the wrong direction. Okay. This one I found out from TikTok, not niche at all. Many people have this fear and also many people have done it, which was alarming to me because this in my mind was so outlandish that like it couldn't actually happen, but it obviously can. And it has happened to many people. So this fear originated for me on my drive back from North Carolina to Massachusetts by myself. Um, because here's the thing, most places, like I was thinking when I drive to a lot of places on the highway, even if it's like a, you know, hour, two hour, three hours, it's pretty straightforward in terms of, my God, I'm so sorry. In terms of like, okay, I'm going North. Like when I drove to Vermont, it was like, okay, I'm going straight North and that's it. Right. Or when I go to the Cape, I'm going East to the Cape like aggressively east and all the signs are saying like to Cape Cod, to Cape Cod, whatever. But when you're in the middle of nowhere or when you're on like a cross country road trip, you have no sense of direction and you could be driving north, south, east, west, and it doesn't really make sense, but it's just like the way that the roads work. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I have no reference point. And this, this, I had this fear when I was in the middle of Pennsylvania and I was driving through and I was I think I was like weirdly going west or something, which made no sense because at that point I should have been going very much like northeast. And I knew like I knew that I was going the right way for sure, because I I had like looked at the map the night before I was driving through towns that I somewhat recognize the names of just from looking at the map the night before. And when I say the map, I mean my phone. I don't have an atlas. Relax. Um, But I would. I would keep going on my phone and just like scrolling all the way down at the instructions and seeing that it said the end point was my actual home that I was returning home to because that is so scary. And also like, you know, you know how there's so many towns that have like the town that I live in. There's also that town name in like 
New Hampshire or in all these other states. And I was like, what if I plugged in one of those, like my exact same address, but in the town, uh, in the state of something different, that would be, that would just be really bad. And then I was like, wow, what if I'm actually four hours in the Western part of Pennsylvania and I've just, and this has all been a waste. That is such an alarming fear. And that is very real. And honestly, you're valid. And also just roads don't make sense in general. There, I said it. Highways, there has to be a better way. And I, and I can't even elaborate on that, <laughs> which is unfortunate. I wish I could. There's just something so, I don't know. Sometimes some of them are just unnecessarily confusing for no good reason. And I'm just like, is this really the most efficient way to be doing this? Um, but that's an aside that I really, like, I truly can't even elaborate on because I don't know. I don't know the alternative. Unfortunately, I'm not the end all be all for the road system in this country, believe it or not. Okay. This one also, I don't think is very niche, but going in the wrong door at a restaurant. Now this one is kind of like a, a more all encompassing. So I experienced this a lot. Actually another yeah, this is very all-encompassing. Just restaurants in general cause me mass amounts of anxiety, especially new restaurants. Actually, mostly exclusively new restaurants because it's, if it's someplace I've been many times, I'm pretty, I'm set. But I hate going into especially like coffee shops, cafes, sandwich shops, anything like that. That's kind of like a, you go up to a counter and order and then you have to wait for your food or wait for your drink. Those kinds of environments stress me out like actually no other. Let me explain. Actually, I don't think I need to, to speak my truth. It's just every single restaurant like that operates so differently, right? Like there's coffee shops that you go into and you go and you order at one place and then everyone's kind of all huddled into a corner waiting down at the end of the counter for their drink. And it, a lot of the times it's just not clear or sometimes you go into a place and the menu is like really non-existent and you're like, um, I've never been here before. What, what do I order? What do you have to offer? And it's just unnecessarily confusing. Like I hate places like that. It's actually a big reason why I love ordering online because I don't have to deal with that. I just have to walk in and find where you pick up the food and then I just have to go pick it up. That's amazing. And that's iconic. And that is a game changer personally for me. Um, but it's funny because I obviously, as you know, if you listen to last week's episode, I went and traveled by myself for two months and that included a lot of going to restaurants that I had never been to before, as you can imagine, because I had never been to some of these places before. And that is just like weirdly so taxing for me and I hate it, but it's also a good thing because it's like, I literally have to do it. I tried so many coffee shops in Charleston and like every single, (laughs) every single one I walked into and I was just like, pit in my stomach. I'm like, oh my God, I I just have no idea how it works. And the thing is, is I've never had a bad experience that I can remember. I'm sure there have been times when I was like confused. I'm, I'm so sure that there's been times when I've been confused or like when someone's like, oh no, you order over here. Like, oh, you just go wait over there, whatever. But like nothing that like sticks out of my mind is such like a drastically horrible it's just basically what I'm getting at is I live in fear of new things. <laughs> Cute. Um, so yeah, I would go, there was this, oh, there was this one place that I went to in Charleston to get, 
they had like it was like a cafe there's so many there was so many of this like specific type of cafe in Charleston that was like so confusing because it it looked like it was half like a sit-down restaurant but really you were like ordering at a counter basically what I'm describing now that I'm talking myself in circles is literally just a cafe but it was just unnecessarily confusing and there's this one that I went into and I ordered like a breakfast sandwich and um a coffee and there was just like no place to stand and wait but there was also no place to sit that's my worst nightmare because I'm just kind of I'm like a rotisserie chicken floating in the middle of the establishment. Does that make sense? Not really. And I'm okay with that. I am just kind of like lost and confused and hoping that my food is made in lightning speed so I can evacuate the dance floor as quickly as possible. Very rarely is that the case. Typically it takes a long time and it's just so, it's so uncomfortable and I feel like everyone's staring at me and guess what? They're not, but that's, you know, that's just my own personal belief system if, to speak my truth. Okay. Anyways, that was a huge kind of subset of my restaurant anxiety. Another one is also just like not knowing what door to go into. That's a huge one for me. There was, um, a couple restaurants that I went to in, uh, on the Outer Banks and they're in these like big kind of like not strip malls, but like shopping centers. And there's like it what looks like four different doors to access them. And I'm like, I, and it's just not clear. I think one thing is, is if I owned a restaurant or a coffee shop or any type of establishment like that, I would bare minimum, just make it like super abundantly clear how it works. Like here is clearly the door that says enter on it. Love that. Make no mistake about it. That is the door I will be walking through, right? Or when they have signs that are like, order here, pick up here. Great. I love that. I love that so much. Like, it's just not hard to to make it super clear, I don't think. And then they get like mad at you when you don't know how things work, which is also kind of, kind of ridiculous. There was a bagel place I went to. So many sides, my bad, but not really. This is my podcast. I can say whatever I want. Okay. Um, there was this bagel place I went to in the Outer Banks like every single day. Like so many times I went to this bagel place. Not actually every day. That would be... That would be borderline too much. And um, I'd been to this place many times before with my family. So I knew how it worked. Had I not been there before with my family, I would have had a panic attack the second I walked in. Something about bagel places, they want you to move at the speed of light for sure. Like you need to be hustling your ass off in there and you need to know exactly what you want. And in a beach town that's full of tourists, believe it or not, that's not what you're getting. You are not getting people moving at the speed of light. And so you would like walk in and there would be people taking your orders and then they would write it, write your order down on a slip and they would hand you the slip and you take it up to the counter and that's where you pay and you like give them the slip and everything. You you get it. And then you kind of like sit and wait and there would be so many people in there that had like no idea how it worked. And I found myself getting so mad at them. And then I was like, what a hypocritical bitch. Of course, I don't know how it works. This is so confusing and stressful. And then I found myself feeling really sympathetic for them. So that was kind of like a huge character arc for me, um, in case you were wondering. Okay, the next one, a little bit. This one I also found out very, very common. But this is kind of complex. So really try and stay with me here. Okay, so this one is people following me in reverse. Okay, what this means to me, my understanding of this 
term that I just coined myself, is when I'm driving down a road and there is a car in front of me that we've been going the same direction, the two of us, for quite some time. Like we've gone through multiple traffic lights and we're, we're just still kind of going in the same direction. And it's, it's getting to that point where it's kind of like, hmm, are we going in the same place? But probably not, right? This also is part, like, I feel like this is a, a big one that I also feel on like a road trip or when I'm going somewhere further away. This doesn't really happen in my day-to-day life as much. Um, this would be on like a, a longer, a longer journey. And I start to think that what they are doing is following me which shouldn't make sense because they're in front of me. So how could they be following me? If anything, right, I'm following them and I'm very aware of that. But I think what they are doing is they are waiting for me to turn on my turn signal, right? So if I'm going to a stoplight and I'm making a right-hand turn, I have my blinker on and I think that they are waiting for me to turn my blinker on and then they will turn their blinker on. And so they will basically kind of be staring at me in their rearview mirror and following my lead. And they're following me in that way, which, you know, the, when I said that out loud and I verbalized it, I thought to myself, that has to be some form of clinically insane. And I hear that and I'm right there with you. Um, that is crazy, but it is real. And it, I, that is how I feel. So sometimes I will turn on my blinker at like the very last minute. Or if I'm just like turning down a street, I won't even turn my blinker on sometimes. Um, Is there a statute on limitations on traffic violations? Because I don't want to get busted for that. But that's just how I feel and what I feel is necessary in that moment to protect my peace, to be honest. Um, So that's a big one for me. Okay, another one. Choking on food while alone. Huge. And this is one that doesn't really affect me day to day, believe it or not, because I eat most of my meals alone. That sounds really sad when you say it like that, but it's true. And so most of the time I'm totally fine and I don't even think about it, which I'm very, very grateful for. But there will be certain occasions and it's usually on a day where like I maybe I swallowed something funny or like, you know, your coffee goes down the wrong tube, pipe, pipe tube, and you just kind of like are coughing a little bit. And then I'm like hyper aware of the fact that we can choke on food. And when that realization kind of enters my, my knowledge one more time and I become aware of like, oh, right, we can choke. That is the thing that happens. Then for like the rest of that day in particular, I will be taking the world's smallest bites for sure which is probably, you know, just something I should be doing in general to speak my truth. But that's a big one for me. But I do feel very lucky that it does not really affect me day to day because a lot of people did comment on my TikTok and they said that that was a huge one for them. And I was like, oh, couldn't be me. Like if that was something I had to deal with all the time, like, cause I, one thing about me is like, I'm going to eat and I'm gonna, I'm gonna love it and I'm gonna enjoy it and I'm going to do so much of it. And so I would hate for that to be like, put a, I would hate for that to put a damper on that in any way, shape or form. Uh, but that's just, you know, that's just me. Okay. This one being framed for a crime. I think I just watch and listen to and consume so much true crime content. And, you know, most of the time, especially in true crime, you know, they've done it. They've 100%, they've committed the crime, but there are some cases where, um, 
they'll they'll tell me about people that were convicted of these crimes and are serving out life in prison and there wasn't any actual like physical or DNA evidence so it's kind of unclear and there was also this other suspect that people didn't really look into too much and basically the only evidence that they're going on is like that that person had been near that area at that point in time and sometimes I just think to myself like if that's all it takes I mean What's stopping any of us from being framed for a crime? And one thing also about like the U.S. legal system is sometimes I don't think it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Call me crazy. And so that does kind of freak me out, too, is because sometimes you'll hear about these people that are clearly like wrongfully convicted and no one does anything. Scary, scary. And I hate to take a dark turn there, but being framed for a crime, big one. And also sometimes when you see people or hear of this or see it in movies. I don't really know how many, how much people are being framed for crimes to speak my truth. I'm not familiar on like the statistics with that, but one thing like people, if someone is intentionally framing you for a crime, uh, they can make it look serious. They can make it look very legit. And that is terrifying. So my, this actually brings me to my next niche anxiety, which is actually committing a crime. Now this one for me, the only crime I foresee myself committing at all, potentially is a tax fraud and it would definitely be accidental in case you're not aware. I actually don't know how taxes work in other countries in the U S it's so confusing. Um, so unnecessarily confusing. Like you have to hire now. I feel like I'm going to sound really stupid if this is the same case in other countries, but you know, you get your, you get your tax. Also, I would love to say, I don't, know what I'm talking about at all but basically (laughs) you get your you get kind of like a thing in the mail from your employer from whoever paid you that year and then you take it to your accountant okay so you kind of have to have an accountant or you use a service like TurboTax I can't because my taxes are far too complicated for me and this online service to like figure it out and luckily my parents have an accountant that they use so I just kind of like add on with their stuff right and so this accountant then kind of goes through and he tells you how much money you owe the government and how much money sometimes the government will owe you then at the end of the year. And then what happens is you pay the government what you need to pay and then the government sends you a check. So so what happens here is what if you miss something? It's just incredibly easy. And what I wish would happen and what, in my opinion, should happen is the government should just come out and say, hey, this is how much you owe us because you kind of are just guessing at the end of the day. I mean, the accountant is the one that's figuring out. So like, I'm fine as of right now. If I ever tried to do anything on my own, I would be, I'd be so screwed. And that's why I will always hire people to help me with everything always because it's important to recognize your shortcomings, I think, and to ask for help, which is something I'm trying to become better at. That's a real a real total aside but anyways that's just so scary also anytime I have to fill out like when I get a new job and I have to fill out paperwork and they ask me tax forms are just so stupidly confusing like they ask you a million questions and I'm like I don't know that's none of my business that information is none of my business they're asking me like you have to like put in the number I don't know and I don't know and I've never claimed to know so I just kind of take my best approximation and I do fear that that will catch up with me one day and I will plead the fifth if and when that time comes um okay here's another one 
I don't know if this one's niche. I haven't, I haven't heard much about this, but making plans with someone. Okay. So say I'm texting someone, texting a friend and I'm like, okay, Hey, do you want to hang out today? And they're like, yeah, I'd love to. And I'm like, great. I'll pick you up at noon. Okay. And then they're like, okay, sounds good. So then at noon I get in my car and I drive to my friend's house. Right. And I, I text them. I'm here. Okay. My niche anxiety with this one is that, oh, wait, I've actually been talking to a different friend this whole entire time. And I have therefore shown up at the wrong home. And, and therefore my friend will not be exiting the building in a timely fashion. And so usually it's like, I send the text here. And if they are not like visibly moving, moving from their home at that point in time where I can see them or have not texted me back saying, okay, one sec or okay, coming, then I will think I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or sometimes I also just am like, oh, maybe I'm just at the wrong house. And this is mostly in regards to, uh, friends that I've had for, I don't know, like 65 years and they've never moved. And I'm like, oh no, I'm definitely at the right place. Like that's crazy how, it's crazy how much I have to be in the right place, but I will convince myself that, wait, did they, do they still live here? And they, they always do. And it's almost, it is actually insane for me to think otherwise, um, to speak my truth, but whatever. Okay. Next one. Whenever emailing someone professionally, I naturally hours later think that I accidentally typed the most vulgar, heinous, foul email to them that was probably both offensive and potentially illegal. Yeah, this one kind of speaks for itself. And I know a lot of people have this one too. Whenever I, you know, when I had a job, TBT, I would send an email to someone and it wasn't really, it was always to people that I didn't talk to a lot. Like I never felt this way when it was like people on my team or people that I like frequently, you know, that I was comfortable with. It was always like when I had to email, I was going to say the chief of police, (laughs) I had to email like a higher up or like someone who I just didn't interact with ever. And I would send them an email and shocker, they wouldn't get back to me for hours because like they're super busy and they like have a lot of shit to do. I would genuinely think to myself like, oh my God, what if I sent them something so rude and so offensive and that's why they haven't replied because like they're contacting HR because I, because that was foul and heinous and how could I have possibly done that? So those are, those are like cute little thoughts that run through my mind. And then I keep going back to the like sent um, email email box, the sent box, the sent folder, if you will. And I'll, I'll keep going back there and just rereading the email and rereading the email and making sure that it hasn't changed and that I didn't actually say anything just so horrible or like, again, confess to a crime that I didn't commit. Why am I so like laden with all of these worries that I've committed crimes or I'm going to confess to something? What's going on? I don't know. Can someone do a deep dive on that? Cause I'm really, truly confused. So that's a, that's a big one for me. And that is something that I don't foresee ever going away ever, especially it's almost always worse when like, <laughs> when I send an email or send some sort of message of that caliber, and then I'm like going and doing something else. Like I am driving somewhere or I'm doing something where I'm like busy And then it like hits me and like the wave of anxiety that washes over my body is actually so insane. And it's like when I'm like, if I'm driving, okay, I have to go wait until I park somewhere to go check my sent email box to make sure I didn't tell them to fuck off 
or tell them that their new haircut looks ugly. And again, why would I ever be saying that to a higher up at my company? No idea. And a lot of the time it's things that I just would never utter to another human being ever. So it's like the odds that I did in fact utter that to another human being that is someone I absolutely should never be saying. Like, it's just insane. I wouldn't say it to the, the people I'm most comfortable with. So why would I be typing it in an email to someone who I don't know? I don't know. I don't know. There's really the science behind that is so far beyond me, to be honest with you. Okay. This one is very, very niche. When I get pictures developed at CVS, I used to do this a lot like in college because I would put pictures, you know, on my wall and stuff like that. When I would get pictures developed and you go and you pick them up at CVS. Okay. Um, I would fear that the pictures I had uploaded were actually all just naked pictures of myself. Okay. Which would then mean that the CVS employee who put together all the pictures that had been printed and, you know, put them in one of those little envelopes. And that would mean that that person would have seen so many pictures of me naked. And then I would be going and paying for them. And I would have to have a very awkward encounter between me and the CVS employee who has in fact seen me naked. Yeah. That one is another one that when I say it out loud like that, it does sound, it sounds insane. And this for me is really super not possible because I don't have thousands of naked pictures of myself, believe it or not. This is another one where just like the plausibility of it is so, is so not, it's so not plausible that that should, you would think, give me some sort of peace of mind. And it doesn't every single time. And then I get in the car and I immediately sift through every single picture that the CVS employee handed to me and I make sure that none of them are just my nudes and guess what it's always been the case that they were not my nudes thank god and yeah I don't again what is the basis for that I have no idea and that was one that actually I think someone did comment on the TikTok saying that that had happened to them and whenever someone tells me that it has happened to them I then think okay well it's okay, it's inevitably going to happen to me next. Like I have to be the next person that this happens to. And that for me personally is like a real bummer because it's just like kind of dealing with the inevitable. But anyways, next one that I've developed an overnight allergy to foods that I eat every day. This one is plausible because this has happened to people. I know that for a fact. And I think to myself like, Every single morning, for the most part, I have the same coffee that I make at home. I have the same avocado toast and I have like, I rotate through some of the same things, you know, for lunch. Or I think of restaurants that I go to all the time, like a Chipotle or, you know, any type of (laughs) Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, like any of those restaurants. And I order the same thing every single time, right? And I just envision me biting into my avocado toast in the morning or taking my first sip of coffee and my throat automatically closing. And this is also, I have done some research on this and I do have a friend that is like really severely allergic to tree nuts. So I'm very familiar with anaphylaxis, believe it or not. And most of the time, the first time that you eat a food that you're allergic to, 
your throat doesn't close up. It's like it kind of builds up over time. So like the first time you eat it, you might get a rash and, you know, your throat might be itchy and you might have hives and all of that stuff. And then the more times that you continue to eat the food that you're allergic to, the worse and worse it gets in most cases. So the chances that I wake up one morning and have in fact developed an overnight allergy to Trader Joe's sourdough bread and, and that I eat it and that I immediately what happens is my throat closes up super slim, right? Pretty, pretty much super slim, but not none. You know what I mean? The chances are very small, but it's not a never. So that is alarming when you really, when you really think about it. And I, uh, this is another thing that I kind of go through phases of thinking about a lot, which again, very grateful for that. It's more of like a cyclical thing for me where I remind myself that that can happen for some reason. I feel the need to remind myself that. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Yeah. Then I, then I just start to kind of spiral in that sense, which isn't good. It's not. And I don't love that for myself. Cause again, takes the joy out of eating, which is like, one of the simplest pl- pleasures in this life. Uh, so that's a good one to just kind of really mull over. As I'm saying these, I I feel like I really should have given a warning here, like a trigger warning t- that I'm basically just handing you a pile of new things to worry about, which isn't productive for most people. But uh, sorry about that. That's my bad. Okay. This is my last one, I think that when I get the hiccups, they will never go away and I will be stuck hiccuping for the remainder of my life. And it'll be so annoying that no one will be able to be around me. So then I will end up alone. Now I will admit that one is a, has a bit more layers to it and that's fair. But what I, what I think I'm really getting at is hiccups are the worst experience in terms of like, they're just such a nuisance. Also, I know a lot of people are, I think some people are like more prone to getting hiccups than others. And like, for instance, I don't think I ever told the story, but I worked at this tutoring center when I was in high school and I got the hiccups one day because that's what happens to human beings. Like, I don't know the science behind it. It's like drinking water too fast or something, something to do with water and air and some like swallowing your food. I don't know. I don't know. But I was standing at work because we had a stand, which is kind of fucked when you think about it. Like we were standing at a desk, really. Anyways, we were standing at this desk and there was this old woman next to me who was like a retired teacher who also worked at this tutor center. And I started hiccuping and she was like, are you hiccuping? Which like pretty obvious when someone like, did you really have to ask? And I was like, yes. And she's like, only kids hiccup. Only little kids hiccup. And I, I was like, oh, because what do you say to that? First of all, she was an elderly woman. So I was in a phase where I was respecting my elders, I guess. But that was so uncomfortable because what the fuck are you talking about? People of all ages hiccup. That is true. Think of like drunk men. They hiccup all the time. I don't love that I just compared myself to a drunk man, but you know what I'm saying? That It happens. It 100% happens. And every time I get the hiccups, it's it's always just like more annoying than anything because it's like, oh my God, like you're talking and you just want to keep talking <laughs> when that's the only thing I can equate it to. I'm like, oh, it's so frustrating when you just want to keep speaking and you keep hiccuping and it interrupts you. Like I hate that. 
And every time I get the hiccups, I'm like, oh my God, what if you were stuck like this for the rest of your life? That would actually be so sad. And then unfortunately, multiple people also commented on that TikTok and said, yep, that happens. Yeah, no, that happens a lot, actually. People will just get the hiccups and then they, they just have to live with it for the rest of their lives. Why did you tell me that? I don't know why people felt the need to tell me that. That was another, that was another video I made was talking about unhelpful comments because people do that all the time. They just comment something that's not, it's not mean. It's just not helpful. Like saying, commenting about any single one of my niche anxieties and saying, oh, that actually happened to me. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know that that's real and that that happens in real life to real people. And then it's like common almost that doesn't, that I feel like personally is not serving me. Or when I made a TikTok talking about how I lost my job, so many people in the comments were like, I'm so sorry for you um, because it is horrible out here. I've been unemployed for six years and there's no end in sight. The job market is absolutely brutal. I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. I, but I hope you find something. Um, yeah, so we can add that to the list of things that are just not helpful and not serving us at the end of the day. Anyways, those were all my niche anxieties. I hope you liked them. <laughs> I hope you relate to some of them. I am curious if you guys, as I was saying any of these, if any came to mind for you, I would love to hear them because I just think we all have so many like random little things that just stress us out and some more than others clearly and that's fine that's just the way the world works but yeah I would love to hear your niche anxieties um I would love for you to follow the podcast on Instagram at parchcarconvos.pod I would love for you to follow me on TikTok at matt underscore mitch and I would love for you to give the podcast a review only if it's glowing and beautiful and kind and nice on Apple Podcasts, or you can give it a rating on Spotify. Uh, and tell your friends, send this to your friends and say, this was such a great podcast episode. I really think you would enjoy it. You should give it a listen. I would love that. So appreciative of that. Um, but as always, I am so glad you listened and you made it to the end. What a what a phenomenal feat that you've just accomplished. I hope you guys have a fabulous day whenever you're listening to this and I will talk to you next week. Bye.